Welcome to the Waking Up to Money podcast. So this podcast used to be called the Happy Pricing Podcast, but um, since we've restarted it, uh, myself and Ben, we thought, ah, oh, Waking Up to Money, uh, because of its double meaning. Uh, we record these uh, podcasts uh, at 10.15 a.m. UK time <laughs> every Wednesday. And uh, so you're waking up at that time, I think. Well, hopefully you've woken up already. But it's also about waking up to the idea of how you your relationship to money and your relationship, therefore, to pricing and how you can do that more powerfully. These podcasts are recorded live and a lot of the time with live guests asking their questions. And so I hope there'll be a resource for you trying to work out what it means to price more powerfully and confidently and to stop getting in your own way of making the money you want to make in your business. Enjoy. Live. Hello. hello, everyone. Hey, morning, Ben. Hello, hello. We're live. We're not dead. How are you waking, how are you waking up to money today? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually waking up to money in a quite complicated way today, uh, mainly caused by my children. But that's probably a story for another day. Oh, man. Children waking up and money. What? That, that's a whole soup of, of topics that we can dive into there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which probably warrants its own entire podcast series. <laughs> well, I, I thought what we could... Uh, a good place to start just to because we, we we call this the happy pricing webinar we call this happy there's the happy pricing course and we've talked about finding your happy price and there's a lot of bizarre messages here so i just wanted to say all right um we've got this message or this the the the, the name of this webinar now is called waking up to money um and i thought it'd be nice just to to just briefly touch on what that means to you and what means to me so that we can like have a story that people can understand why this thing is existing in its current format so i don't know what does waking up to money mean to you because that's just a mess score <laughs> exactly easy yeah, too exactly. easy was it in net promoter scores isn't it that and basically anything below a nine is just rubbish <laughs> <laughs> so we can ask you to score but if you're scoring below nine that's rubbish <laughs> exactly. you're not welcome here yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're below nine, you're rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> nice and simple. Easy metrics. Um, so today, uh, we kind of called this uh, breaking through your money ceiling. Uh, uh, and I interpreted it in a, in a, in a particular way. Um, and as, as with all things written down uh, without discussion, you had another interpretation, which I was very curious about. Um, and so maybe we could sort of like go from that story of, um, yeah, wh where this idea of the ceiling came from and what that ceiling was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, yeah, the thing now I'm the, the, obviously the idea of ceiling <laughs> is, is not something that, uh, I, or many people can lay claim to, uh, we're all quite familiar with ceilings. Um, but where, Ceiling came from in this context was actually from uh, so a couple of different things. When we were sort of talking about this, uh, what we might talk about, like end of last week, early this week, uh, I was thinking about some work that I was doing with a client, and I can sort of talk about that in a minute. Um, but it, it, there was a, a little bit in there about 
the the kind of levels that they were kind of negotiating at and why they were kind of negotiating at that. But I was kind of reminded of um, some work that another coach of mine um, had had kind of shared. It was a, a pro when I was running my last business, we went went on a coaching program. It was called Strategic Coach. Uh, kind of runs over several years. There's lots of really kind of useful, good insights in it. Anyway, the guy who set that up is a guy called Dan Sullivan. And he talks about this idea of a ceiling of complexity uh, when you're running your business. So when you set your business up, you kind of head off on a road and you're doing the things that you do and you do more of those things, more of those things, but you're kind of, you're just kind of adding things in essentially and doing the things that you've always done. And slowly but surely, you're, surely but your, your kind of business gets ever more complicated, ever more complex. Uh, and you kind of reach this kind of point where the complexity constrains you, the, the, com the complexity kind of limits the kind of next evolution a little bit. And so obviously what they're trying to get you to do is sort of just, you know, piece, break apart all of the elements that have kind of come together to form the, the kind of mess, the sort of stuff of your work. So you can work out, you know, what you can delegate, what you can stop doing, what you can give to others and so on. So you kind of create some room, some space so that you kind of move through that ceiling of complexity. Uh, and uh, that kind of image, I always kind of felt kind of, kind of felt kind of was very evocative image. And when I was thinking about the work that I was doing, uh, helping the, the client of mine, it actually, I kind of, felt lots of sort of similarities with that and but just specifically from the point of view of kind of money and pricing and what you charge and how money comes into your business because they, they were in a in a kind of place actually about six months ago because I've been working with them for just over six months now when I started working with them you know they were in a, a kind of point where you know, things were feeling very kind of fraught. Things were feeling very, very tight. Work was very hard to come by. You know, admittedly also it was six months ago. So we were kind of, you know, slap bang in the halfway through the first year of kind of lockdown and all the kind of crazy chaos that came with that. Uh, but yeah, so kind of lots of sort of anxiety, lots of worry, lots of just kind of bouncing along, quite desperate, looking for work, trying to get things done. And they were getting ever kind of fixated on this kind of amount that they needed to be charging in order to win work. And that amount was very, very low, actually. Uh, and the, the actual amount is kind of not really so relevant because it's different for everybody. But for, for what they were doing, it was very, it was very, very low. Um, the, they, were they were trying to sell these pieces of work for sort of just over £2,000, essentially. And it, they, for what they were doing, like I said, it was very, very low. And what we kind of started to kind of work on, amongst other things over the sort of six months, was trying to kind of put that story aside that this was the amount that they needed to charge and just spend time to get confidence by spending time really just looking at well what is it that the client is buying and why are they buying it okay so you know a client so we're looking at this this client is selling these programs these programs are worth two three hundred thousand pounds ago for the client and why are they asking you to work on it they're asking you to work on it because you're going to do xyz therefore if your work goes even a little bit well you know, you can be very confident that you are helping them find an extra £200,000. Uh, and we were just starting to kind of help them in their minds link their own story back up to what the client was actually getting. So help them stop kind of muddying yourself with everything that you're worried about as much as that possible and start looking at what it is that your clients are buying and why they're buying it. So this idea of kind of pricing outside in. And it kind of creates this space. It kind of it lifts the ceiling a little bit, this kind of ceiling of story that you are kind of putting on yourself and helps you kind of sort of just look 
look afresh, look with a new perspective of everything that you're doing via the lens of what the client is buying. And so the, the, what that does, it kind of, like I said, it creates a space, it lifts this ceiling so that the, the, the price that they started to kind of look at and play with all of a sudden is five times, well, not all of a sudden, but over the six months is five times what they had been charging before. And so I just, I kind of pointed it out to my client just to kind of remind them of that kind of journey that they'd been on uh, when we were talking, talking a few weeks ago, just to say, you know, look, look at this, you know, you go from this place of this kind of worry, this kind of fear, this kind of desperation, got to get it, this idea that you have about what it's worth and what a client should pay, which of course is just you in your cocoon, stuck in your sort of little own, your own kind of mental, emotional echo chamber. And by getting some space and starting to just kind of remind yourself, looking from the outside in, seeing what your client is kind of getting, creates this kind of space and opportunity for you to see the value of your work in a new way. And, you know, they find that actually the the, the negotiation is not any not harder or easier or any kind of less likely or more likely to kind of win by having put their prices up by five times. Uh, actually, they're winning the same amount of things. They're just charging five times the amount that they were. And that that can keep going, you know, the more you kind of keep looking at that. So that was kind of a bit of a long and rambling way, uh, route into where the ceiling came from, so to speak. I know. I, I, I understand that better now. And um, I think there's, you know, whether it's like a, a picture of a physical ceiling that you bump up against, or another way for me, when you're talking and thinking about it is, kind of drag you know if you're like weighed down by you know the complex sales processes complex value proposition uncertainty about who your customer really is and what they want that kind of stops you from moving upwards growth whatever mm -hmm. that means personal growth business growth and we talk about it a lot in our communities like how do you simplify how do you get to really to the core of what it is you're doing and you're offering it also made me it reminded me of the kind of the three a couple of the things from the three toxic myths around money that we talked about um, last week, I think it was last week. Um, so one of them was the, the kind of there's not enough. And so that feeling of like, oh my God, scarcity, desperation, you know, I need to, you know, I need to scrabble for whatever I can get. And then the third one, which is, and that's the way it is. And for me, that comes across, you know, when you're talking about, all right, we need to sell this for 2000 pounds. You know, that's the, that's the, that is the benchmark in our head. And I remember when we were doing like websites, we had this thing about 1500 pounds. That's the thing we wanted to sell. So what we would do is sometimes we would try and sell something for 3000 pounds that would be worth 3000 pounds and then discount it for mm. 1500. So it was this thing that the, the anchor or the thing that was stopping us from moving was the figure mm. rather than what you're saying there. So like, actually, what is this customer actually going to get by working with us? What are they trying to get to? And and the final thing that sprang to mind that I think is kind of releasing is the thinking not us thinking of ourselves not as costs but investments mm. because if I as a you know sometimes I think clients even us as customers is like we we think of stuff as costs but once we reframe that as actually God I want to get two hundred grand's worth of sales to get there I need to spend fifty grand for instance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm accepting all right, to all to do that. I'm going to get, I might spend 50 grand, but I get 150 grand back. Mm -hmm. I then, I, I reframe that 50 grand less as, oh, it's money going away mm -hmm. as more as a thank you for accepting. And what we'll do is we're, we're going to ask you a few questions to just get a bit more clear about your context. And hopefully that's going to be of use to other people listening in right now. 
and we have Tim. Good morning, guys. Yay! Hey. Thank you How so you? much, Tim, for joining us. Very, very good, nervous. very There'll good. Be dogs or kids flying around behind me any moment, so apologies in advance. <laughs> no problem. For the um, benefit of people who are listening, uh, um, maybe could you give us a brief uh, context around uh, why this idea of clarity and agreement of your own value proposition uh, sprang to mind for you? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I found this always an awkward and challenging one. And um, I, I have my own business and I do consulting work with different types of clients from startups, small people who I know from my network, larger companies. And so it's kind of quite a complex mix. Um, and, and also when you're at that stage where you're starting to scale something up and grow a business, you know, you're keen to get work and do business. So finding that kind of place where it feels like there's, you know, kind of healthy relationship between you and an agreement. This is what you're going to deliver. It's valuable. So that's really important. And it's kind of like a, a, a mental trick. I think you have to get absolutely right because you've got to be very careful. I've struggled at times where. You know, particularly over the last year where I've accepted it, you know, I've taken, you know, uh, a reduction on a daily rate and I've not always felt great about that. So for me, um, it's really, really important that I'm confident that I'm delivering something valuable for them, that they see the value in that. So I find this whole thing just awkward. <laughs> Sometimes it goes very, very smoothly when I'm really clear in a good place and absolutely crystal clear in the way I'm communicating my value proposition. Other times, you know, you get into a bit of horse trading and I kind of make an agreement, don't always feel great about that. Hmm. Cool. Um, ben, any questions for Tim or do you have any feedback straight away? Um, well, firstly, thanks, Tim. Really appreciate you kind of coming on and uh, sharing that because I think, yeah, what you're sort of articulating we've all kind of wrestled with uh, in, yeah. you know, and actually we all continue to wrestle with. And I think one of the things around this, I think what's one of the things that's kind of interesting, like you say, in some, in, in some conversations, in some instances, it feels like it goes smoothly. And yeah. in other ones, it kind of, it feels, it feels like it, it kind of doesn't. And I guess it's just kind of worthwhile in the first instance, kind of just calling that out a little bit, because that's probably sort of, you know, normal and to be expected, isn't it? I'm yeah. kind of curious, Tim, how long have you been providing the services that you provide? A couple of years now. Um, mm -hmm. as, as, so, you know, I had a traditional career, started my own business up. I'm also involved in a startup and actually getting involved in um, happy startups, of course, trying to develop some ideas of my own. Um, so I've got quite a lot going on, actually, and I do some kind of mentoring coaching as well. So it's a whole range of things. And so I'm kind of building a portfolio and it makes sense for me to stack things and it makes sense for me to price differently for different types of clients but always and fundamentally that that i have to feel that that it's a fair exchange you know mm -hmm. um which which is ultimately about them you know and can i deliver for them but um yeah it's it's an awkward thing and it's also about confidence isn't it because it's about confidence to also walk away when it doesn't feel yeah. right which of course yeah. is is the thing which we all, we then, you know, we do it and then a little bit of us is a bit resentful. It's a bit like brr, the kind of grr voice on your sort of shoulder. It's a bit like, why the, why the fuck did I do that? Uh, and so I think it's that kind of confidence to, to be able to kind of walk away, which of course in the kind of current climate and over the last year and whatever feels like an extremely risky thing to do in some instances. And of course, there are, you know, there are times where we can't say no. 
But actually practicing the saying no on little things, I found a hugely helpful thing because, you know, practice on the little ones gives you the kind of confidence and the skill to practice on the bigger ones and saying no. I'm kind of curious in, in kind of how you negotiate because, you know, what you're saying about, you know, different clients, different projects, different types of things. And of course, all of those, um, you know, quite rightly coming with different sort of investment, different sort of price tag. Do you have a kind of similar sort of a consistent process that you use with your different kinds of projects, different kind of clients to kind of elicit the information? Yeah, I mean, look, I guess, I guess I do. Um, you know, I mean, there's some kind of discussion, discovery and clarification on needs and then proposal and, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm going to be able to find my way where depending on the size of the business or type of organization, what see what feels right and appropriate in terms of pricing it, you know, and but, but of course, always, you know, the way I kind of charge my time at the moment is kind of normally on a daily rate and it'll take this mm -hmm. amount of days and that, you know, so <clears throat> always when you see that written down and you're communicating that with people, I think I find that awkward. I think other people find that awkward sometimes as well. Mm. Um, you know, because it's a different calculation for them to make as well. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Uh, sure. You said something earlier around, um, I want to make sure it feels fair. Yeah. I'm curious as to when it hasn't felt fair or when you feel like it isn't fair. What does that, what are those situations yeah. and what does that mean? Well, well, look, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where it's felt fundamentally unfair because I have walked away from some things and and i think it's fair enough at times to be, get involved in a bit of negotiation because that you know some people they just need and want to be able to do that and that's right that's fine as well um but but fundamentally you know it, you, i i think it's very important from an energy point of view you get to a point where you get absolute confidence that this is something that's right for me i'm going to get paid some money i can pay my bills I can learn, I can really contribute, um, and it's right for them. I'm going to deliver something of value to them that will help them move their business organization forward. So um, so the fairness is in, you know, both sides of that equation working out. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just that, that, that awkwardness, and it's about when you're starting up and when you need to start kind of, getting some momentum um and those early stages i probably feel more comfortable now a couple of years in um but i'm not <laughs> i'm not at confidence it's definitely still something where it's awkward mm. i had a, i had one recently where i kind of got a, a project and went really well really smooth really clear proposition what i was going to charge um and um you know had the discussion with them it was really really comfortable so that worked extremely well you Have you experimented? About... Oh, sorry. Go on, Carlos. I just wanted to just quickly into that. You mentioned something about it felt really, really clear. Yeah. What was the clarity there for you, or what was the clarity in that relationship? Just curious about that. Yeah, I mean, just utter clarity on the need, utter clarity on what I was going to do, and that I could create value for them. A good relationship with this client, really good. Done some work for them already. They trust me. Um, they know I'll deliver for them, you know, so you've, you've not got some of the uncertainty there that perhaps with a new client. Um, so that that worked. So we just went, it was, it went swimmingly, really smooth. Um, and now we're stepping into delivery. So that was great. Brilliant. OK, so Ben, continue. Yeah, I was just going to I mean, have you experimented at all with not 
at least how you not kind of spinning things around a day rate uh, and yeah. trying to kind of bundle things into at least how it's kind of presented to to the client more around the idea of kind of project uh, project fee project cost yeah more than no, more than a day rate no not yet and I, and I really want to kind of start looking at that actually because I think that's a really good way to do it because I think that's a comfortable position f for for the client as well because mm -hmm. they're they're buying into an output and you know a movement forward in their business so yeah i think it's a great a great idea of course you've got risks because when you step into things you know everything that can happen and um you know the challenge is sometimes to mobilize things within their organization where you don't have the, the authority sometimes but uh yeah it's a really good idea and that's something i'd really like to look at I've definitely experimented for working for nothing over the last couple of years. <laughs> and how did that go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> they love me. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's a, that's a really good idea, Ben. I think that, that's something I want to start to look at. And, and I think, I you know, you're right about managing the, the kind of risk in there. Well, just one thing I'd say, just so we, with, with the thing, it's rather, you know, it is also kind of managing it within your own risk too. So yeah. not just kind of opening up a a kind of impossible to know kind of sort of ocean of the unknowns of yes. saying it will be this and I'll just do that. And all yep. of these things will hope that they kind of pan out. You know, yep. again, this is kind of a useful way of kind of breaking it down to phases. There could be something this, you know, t you know, the exchange, the conversation, typically I work in this way, this sort of engagement costs X. Then, yeah. you know, so you're kind of opening up phases of work, which yeah, kind of correct. manage the risk from your side and yeah. also give, because I think the really important thing to remember is whenever anybody is buying anything, you know, you kind of allude to this, whenever, whenever anybody is buying anything, actually, that transaction is filled with risk. It's filled with uncertainty. Yeah. And it's very, you know, it's very, it's equally, it's, it's actually much more true for the person who's buying the thing that we're selling. And of actually, course. everybody wants that uncertainty, that ambiguity to go away, which is yeah. actually why people sort of default a little bit to the day rate thing, because it's just familiar and known. And all yeah. people want to do is they just want familiarity. They want something which feels a bit manageable. Uh, and actually, it's not serving you, the day rate thing, for all the reasons you're yeah. talking about. But equally, yeah. something then needs to replace it so that there is the security, there is the mm. comfort in the, mm. in the buying and the selling exchange. Mm. Mm. Okay. I'm gonna Is that helpful? It was, yeah. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys. Cool. No, you're thank welcome. You very much. Well, thank you for 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 stepping up and, and sharing yeah, that no story. Problem. I think it's it's no, no, it's much pleasure. more important that we talk to direct experiences rather than uh, just talking about basically abstract ideas. So, awesome. You take Thanks care, and thank you Cheers. very much as well for joining Not us on Twenty Twenty Vision. Really appreciate your My your pleasure. trust in us. No oh, you'll enjoy <laughs> that. I can, I can say that as a <laughs> Bye -bye. Awesome. Bye-bye. Uh, I just wanted to reflect, actually, on the whole trust thing. Um, one of the experiences we had as an agency, we had a long-term project um, building a platform for a client. And we got to this question about, basically, we were trying to get them to pay for the time that we're spending on. And it got really tense. And the thing that he, the client came up with is like, but this is a shared risk. And it's like, is it? <laughs> and it, it was that whole clarity about that relationship. It's like, on one hand, he wanted the clarity of spending, you know, us paying paying for our time. But then he was now framing it. It's like, well, where's the shared risk here? It's like, ah. 
And at the time, I I didn't know. I I had no idea how to deal with that. But it really felt like actually now thinking back, there was something there that needed to be tackled in that relationship to avoid a us feeling awkward of like, okay, yeah, you got to pay for ten days, but you still we're we're selling our time. We're not understanding from their perspective what is that time trying to buy them. And in the yeah. end, they were trying to get an they were trying to get an exit that was worth a couple of million. So we hadn't necessarily, we were thinking about how can we build a beautiful product. And I think at the time they were looking at how can I get to this stage where I can demonstrate something that's worth a couple of million in investment. Mm. And that could have changed the whole dynamic of the conversation rather than selling our time. Us, how do we accommodate that need, that outcome that they were trying to create? Because we could have probably even made more money. Rather than well, just... it's interesting because when you said that to me, my first thought, if, if a client's saying to you, but it's a shared risk, well, it's only a shared risk if there is also a shared reward. Exactly. And so if, they, if they're asking you to kind of carry that risk, it's like, yeah. okay, then what's the cost of carrying the risk? The yeah. car- that yeah. is, a, is a shared reward. And then it's an adult conversation for us to say, well, do we want to take that risk? Mm. Is, that, is, that our, our, is that part of our business? Mm-hmm. And then I think then it becomes a much more clear conversation. You want this, we offer this, but this is how we work. And rather than it got very emotional at some time, at some point. So that's that's the story that sprang to mind. Um, we have another question from Becky. I thought before we we finish off, and we we try to make these kind of nice, simple half hour conversations so that you get something. And ideally, if we get a story that we can put uh, sink our teeth into, that really helps anyone listening. Um, uh, and to make this as accessible as possible for anyone who's like exploring this idea of of, of pricing and money. Um, and so we have a question here from Becky. How would you suggest handling a long time client of five plus years who wants you to do some work that they have little budget for and you aren't convinced it makes business sense, <laughs> but they don't want to hear it? <laughs> mm. So, uh, yeah. Becky, uh, if you want to quickly jump on and, and just share a bit more detail about that, say something in the in the chat. Um, in the meantime, we can make some assumptions in terms of answering that question. Yeah. So, Ben, how would you? Oh, yes, she can do that. Brilliant. OK, let's get Becky on. Um, another phone in. Another phone in. Going from strength to strength. Come on, Becky. This is live jeopardy based conversation <laughs> can we actually help you <laughs> are we going to say any sense okay let's see if if becky can join us she's accepted and connecting okay this is an interesting one brilliant Hi. yay <laughs> another 2020 vision person yes. yeah um, becky for having me everyone um yeah I would say, actually, some of the conversation you were literally just having uh, answers a bit of my question. But also, I am almost feel a bit like the opposite to Tim. So new clients, I'm just kind of talking to them, understanding them, sending them back a different type, setting up a different type of relationship to begin with, I would say. And they're just going for it, even when I don't think they actually ever intended to. And, they, and it surprises me. Whereas this client... Um, I kind of helped build their business from the moment they started in the UK. Um, And 
they've been hit quite hard by COVID. So there's an impact there and there's quite a lot of stress. Um, but it feels like they are sort of grasping at things that don't make sense. And they want to do a name change for a restaurant, a, an area, a, part, a chain of restaurants that's part of it. And it honestly doesn't make sense. Um, and they have no budget to do it, but they keep saying, but we want it. Um, they're very specific about what they want. It's not very good design. <laughs> and I feel like I'm getting to a point now where this long-term client, that it was a bit of a baby uh, for me, um, really proud of the work I was doing with them. And now I'm getting to a point where is, is it bad to sort of start to cut ties when they stop valuing what you're bringing, I think. Mm. How do you handle that? Brilliant, Becky. Well, I think wow. you know the answer. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> well, no, I think you know, like you're saying that your your kind of value is in your expertise, isn't it? Um, and you have a clear point of view about what they're doing uh, and what's kind of right. And so your your intent, your motivation is rooted in care. You have a feeling yeah, yeah, that, and a belief and an expertise that says maybe this decision you were wanting to make is not a good decision. Uh, and actually, I think being, you know, what's, I get, well, a couple of things. One, I think everything that you're talking about with new clients and actually being surprised is totally right. Oftentimes, we don't do these things because we think that it's not going to pan out in the right way. We then kind of a, we then have an engagement. We talk to somebody in this way. We find that they do want to kind of engage with us. So, you know, great that you are doing that and practicing it. I think, you know, for you to continue to kind of grow and to continue to evolve confidence in your own expertise and trusting your own expertise is really important. Uh, and actually, so doing the things, making the decisions which actually are true to that is a really important thing. I, you know, I, I think your value to them in the same way as your value to you is to give them straight the point of view that you think is right for them. And if they really don't want to do that, I think it is right for you to say, I'm not going to be right for you because I don't believe that actually it's the right thing for you. So I'm not going to do, I'm not going to be giving my value because I just, I don't feel it. So if you want help, I could recommend other people can help you. You know, so you're, you are helping, it's positive, it's facilitating. But I think, you know, standing by that sort of feeling that you have, the expertise that you have, is your source of value. It's your source of value today. It's your source of value tomorrow. And so really not shirking that, I think, is certainly feels to me the important, the important thing. Yeah. Great. Thank you. It's always good just to have the validation, I suppose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks. That that really helps. Yeah, makes makes That's awesome. crystal clear sense. It sounds like, like Ben said. It sounds like you already knew the answer, um, and and it sounds like you're coming from a very good place, a place of integrity. And mm. and I would assume yeah, if you didn't, yeah, not, yeah. well, if you if you were coming from yeah, a place of like integrity, it. you would probably just try and squeeze some money out of them and just do something for them, even if it wasn't enough money, and wouldn't mm. care. But yeah. it sounds like you want to be able to say no with integrity. Mm -hmm. so help them help them find someone else if they're really insistent on it you know then your usefulness your value is help them find somebody else who will do it but having you know expressed your clear considered expert opinion perfect thank you
Cool. Well, great. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much Bye. for sharing. Thank you very much, you take care. Have a great rest of the day. You too. Awesome. It reminds me of a story of we had a long-term client. Um, they were they were trying to build Facebook for the rich. I think I talked to you about this, Ben. They were mm-hmm. called Family Beehive, similar acronym. Um, uh, and they were they really wanted to to do this other project or build something on top of it. Uh, and and they they wanted to go with someone else. And we're saying you don't don't do that. It's not it's not going to help your business. It's going to really defocus you. Uh, and they wanted us to do it for a lot less money than we were prepared to do. And so they went off and did it with someone else. And we told them, we're not, it's not, not the thing to do. Six months later, they came mm. back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, you know, it was a complete failure. We'll come back to you and we'll, we'll work with you and, and you tell us what to do. So mm-hmm. it was scary. It was losing us money at the time, but it, we knew it would be a world of pain and, and it wasn't aligned with what we wanted to do. Yeah. And there are so many examples of that saying no in the short term, which comes back to something else in the medium term. There are so yeah. many you know, examples of that. Um, so it does feel, it is, feels a bit risky in the, mid, in the short this term. Is, this is the important thing of what we're trying to do when we're talking about happy pricing and, and pricing courageously that I'm now slowly understanding and why it aligns more and more with what we're here at the Happy Startup School. It isn't about just trying to squeeze money out of people. It is about how could we step into our value, stand by it, um, and when I say you know, stepping into our values, understanding what the client values, but doing that with integrity and how that is a long game. It's not. Mm. We're not talking about short-term fixes to try and suddenly get more money for the set from the same client for the same work. It's like, how do we do this pricing with integrity so that we build strong relationships with people and build trust and really deliver value? And that's that mm. for me is exciting. Talking about this stuff. Yeah, there's um, a book called um, Soul of Money by Lynn Twist, and uh, she has I don't know hundreds of years of experience. Uh, around kind of charity fundraising and has thought a lot about our relationship to money and how it kind of sort of manifests in the world. And she tells a really, really sort of powerful story about exactly that idea where she basically turned down what was a $50,000 donation from a big, big company uh, to what was then a, a relatively new charity endeavor. So something that felt kind of hugely risky simply because there was not alignment uh, and you know it did you know so she kind of said no because there was no it wasn't there was no alignment there was no connection and so whatever you know felt hugely kind of risky in sort of saying no you know inevitably as kind of because it's a good story but it's also true the CEO who'd made the contribution was so kind of bewildered by the fact that somebody had returned the check you know this is sort of 1980s America that all of the prevailing social ideas are money at any cost essentially certainly the world that he had come from uh, and actually that moment became a real kind of seed for this guy and he then made a much much bigger donation when he'd retired because it was then making it from a place of integrity so you know i think there is real there's real power in that awesome so to to close off maybe i don't know if you if you want to summarize a bit of what we talked about this morning and and how it um if it does link to this idea of feeling awkward when we talk about price. Mm. Yeah, good. Summary <laughs> summary of what we spoke about this <laughs> On <morning>. the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess 
the thing around feeling feeling awkward um, in sort of simple sense, what's happening when we're feeling awkward is we're sort of stuck in our own thought loops a little bit. We're not really thinking about our client. We're not really thinking about what they're trying to do or what they're trying to achieve or the kind of worries that they have a little bit. Uh, and so the more that you can practice getting out of your own way and walking in your customer and your client's shoes, the 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 the, the kind of less awkward you will feel. That's not to say that the awkward goes away, but actually with practice, you can make the awkward voice quieter. Our Waking Up To Money show, then register to our Crowdcast channel by going to a happy dot link forward slash waking up to money. See you soon.